This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to A Game of Two Halves, a sports podcast by The Straits Times. I'm David Lee and with me today is my colleague Sazali Abdulaziz. Hi, Saz. Happy New Year, Dave. Thanks, Saz. Sing Nian Thank you. This our Okay, enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, so this is our first episode uh, since the Chinese New Year. And there was cause for celebration in the city of Manchester on, on Sunday. As a Manchester United fan, my allegiances were a bit torn uh, because we needed Man City to do us a favour and beat Chelsea so that United can remain a top four. But Manchester City 6, Chelsea nil. Who would have thunk? Yeah, it, it was... Yeah, it was it was just insane, lah. I shocking. Mean, it was shocking. I the only reason I stayed up to watch the game was because I had Bernardo Silva and uh, Sergio Aguero in my team, and oh, what can you say? I mean, I I I went to bed a happy man, lah. You know, with, with Aguero. <laughs> like 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 many Manchester United and City fans, I yeah, think. Yeah, but you know, again, it's it's just insane uh, run of goal scoring from uh, from Aguero, lah. Yeah, is this a repeat of of what? Happened at Old Trafford I mean looking at Chelsea first Has Maurizio Sarri lost his dressing room Or even the boardroom We we know Roman Abramovich Got rid of even a Champions League winning coach Surely he won't tolerate his team's Biggest EPL loss ever Yeah I think You, you mentioned you know that Abramovich is the one Who has started this rot you know, you know a lot of pundits have pointed To the players downing tools You see Hazard was still trying his best, you know, to beat players, to, right. to make something happen. Yeah. You know, the players that were uh, on the field, it, it wasn't as though they, they just allowed, uh, you know, players to run past them or, or win, the, win the second balls. It's just the way it is, lah. you know, you know when you're, you, the chips are down, sometimes, you know, when your manager comes out in the press and says, oh, my players are motivated, I don't know how to motivate them. You know, how, how are the players supposed to take that also, you know, in some ways? Um, and like like uh, like I mentioned, you know, the... the, the the owner himself, you know, has has done, you know, makes some quite strange decisions, getting rid of managers who are successful after, you know, maybe just a a, a short run of of poor games, and it creates this sense that there's player power, lah, you know, and and right. and that the player is is more important than the manager, um, and you know, I I w- would be very surprised to see Sari uh last until the end of the season, right? Uh, but but now it's it's two managers now, Mourinho, while he was at Stamford Bridge. Said the same thing, similar things, similar things happen with uh, quite a few of, of the same players like Hazard still in both these teams. Uh, so do you think the players are to blame? Yeah, like I said, you know, it's not as though they, they you know, deliberately, you know, not want to play well or, or something mm-hmm. like that. But what I do find strange is uh, Sarri's persistence with underperforming players because mm-hmm. obviously... Um, you know they they haven't been as cohesive as you know maybe the first uh, third of the season or yeah. or first quarter of the season, and yet he still doesn't want to give Callum Hudson Odoi a chance. Um, you know he plays all his youngsters, his promising youngsters uh, who are hungry to prove a point. Loftus Cheek, Christensen, Zappa Costa, maybe even mm. or, or Palmieri, Emerson. You know who, who came on as a sub. He 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 still isn't ready to trust them. Even though you know Callum Hudson Odoi scored a, a, a brilliant goal yeah, in, in the League Cup, right? Yeah, yeah. it was fantastic. So you know th- these guys have the talent. They are hungry, and yet these overpaid, underperforming stars are played ahead of them. So you know there's there's you know trouble all around in the squad, and and I think you know it it doesn't look good for Chelsea lah. Okay, uh, moving on to Man City. What about Sergio Aguero? That's eleven hat tricks now in the EPL. Greatest EPL striker of all time, you think? Oh, he certainly has a case, uh, but 
you know, to to me, you know, he's right up there with with you know the top bracket of, of strikers. Alan Shearer, Alan Shearer, Henry, uh, Robbie Fowler. You mentioned we, we were talking about this earlier, Wayne Rooney as well. But I I think all of them have different qualities. You know, uh, Rooney is a, a gifted player, and he obviously he peaked early. He has uh, quite a, a impressive physique for an 18 year old. Henry was very stylish. Obviously, everybody liked him because of his flair and his style. Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen, clinical finishers. But to me, you know. And I'm trust me, I'm not being biased. Even though I'm being a, New, I'm a Newcastle fan, it's Alan Shearer, lah. You know, it, it, when you look yeah, back, sure, when biased, you eh? when you look back at the goals he scored, yep. um, with with you know how frequently he scored, honestly, like fantastic goals in such a poor team, it's it it beggars belief, ah, honestly. And and the fact that he's, uh, yes, he played his whole career in in England, but the fact that he's still a hundred goals ahead of Aguero. You know, say something like you know, it's it it's it's really. I think it 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 will take some beating like you know his record. Maybe Harry Kane can do it, you know, in in due time. But I think right now, um, Alan Shearer is my my number one. Uh, and and the thing is, when he was playing and when and when I supported Newcastle, I didn't really regard him as the greatest ever. But you know, on hindsight now, you know, after he's retired, looking back at some old clips and and realizing the 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 kind of quality that he had, even in his you know later years in his thirties. Oh, he was an amazing player. Right, Aguero is definitely helped by some quality players in his team. Do you think City can continue this momentum to the finish line? Um, you know, I I I said um, Liverpool uh, were going to win <laughs> the title, and Come on, and jinx I, it, jinx I, it for, <laughs> for City as well. I said Spurs. They, they could even win it by by March. <laughs> uh, and you know, just because I don't want to flip flop, I'm still sticking to my guns. Uh, you you look at. City, they they have quite a challenging run of games. They've got the League Cup final later this month. Then West Ham, who you know aren't the best of teams, but they're super inconsistent, and that makes them dangerous when they come they come up against bigger teams. Um, and then you know they've got Manchester United, you know who who you know, depending on which team shows up, you know, and and how motivated uh, Solskjaer can get them, uh, they could also be uh, a really big obstacle for for City to overcome. So I'm still thinking the run of games will, will take its toll on 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 City. But surely not Liverpool in March. No, uh, maybe not, not. No, no, but well, they, I think they they I think they play in March. So uh, you know that could be <laughs> the decider, lah. You know, I I don't know, but but most likely not, lah. I mean. Now, if you're enjoying this episode of A Game of Two Halves so far, do subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. Do like it and give us a rating. Back to our show. We now move on from the EPL to the SPL, Singapore Premier League that is. Bastia Kausa made headlines last week by installing the youngest head coach in the league's history. We know that the Football Association of Singapore wants to rejuvenate the SPL with the under-23 rule for the players. But what is the significance of Kide Kamis' appointment as Ballester's coach? It's a breath of fresh air, honestly, to, to see uh, someone like Kide who who has had no, uh, you know, Previous uh, major coaching appointment uh, in the S League. How old is he again? He's uh, 33. Okay. He, he turns. Uh, that's that's pre oh, young. He, by he, he has turned 33. He has turned, okay. he turned 33 last month. Pre young by Singapore Singapore standards. Yeah. Pre, pre, uh, and and you know because he he did not have a professional career behind him. So usually you know a lot of uh, our coaches come from former players and you know they make the transition right. in their mid 30s and stuff like that and by the time they they take charge they they're close to their 40s lah. Mm-hmm. Um but you know for him uh you know he he has been coaching private academies uh you know since 
when he was in national service lah, you know, and uh, he he was a youth player at Geylang, so he played at some level, but he just didn't turn professional. He he coached at uh, youth academies and schools. Uh, he applied at, at you know a few a few um, places, including the National Football Academy when he was still around um, at FAS, but you know he was uh, denied. So you know it's interesting to see Ballester take a chance on 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 a rookie coach and and I'm you know for one I'm I'm ple- and he has a, a, an A license you know so he is um certified you know capable lah you know he has the right certifications um and the right badges lah it's not as though you know they're picking someone from the street to to coach the team so um yeah i mean he could turn out to be our own Julian Nagelsmann you know with, and with um you know Gavin Lee who's you know so called coach in waiting at Tampines who's 28 years old he doesn't have the A license yet but he will try to get it uh, sometime this year it's a breath of fresh air for for the Singapore football coaching scene there are already very few SPL clubs in in Singapore do you think that many of these clubs like Geylang with No Ali Augang with Clement Home United with Saswa and and so on and so forth Balestier now with Kedia um it's a it's a good transformation you know even as we we are looking at uh, rejuvenating the 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 players uh the player scene how about the coaching scene you, do do you think it's a good move uh, to move away from foreign coaches for the time being so that you can we we can move um local coaches up a level yeah i, I don't think it was a concerted effort by yeah. all the estate clubs it just happened to be mm-hmm. that you know um a lot of the local uh, teams have now have a local uh, in place uh, as as head coach uh but yeah i think it's it's a good it's a good move um and not just having a local coach but having a local coach who you know may not have had the best opportunities in the past you know because right. it, you know i you, you go back to the premier league and you see there there was this joke it's always either alan pardew sam <laughs> allardyce roy hodgson it's like almost like a musical chess kind of thing and you know at, at one point we had a lot of seasoned uh local coaches also i wouldn't call it musical chess but you know they they were always in the running for for those jobs uh you know when i when i interviewed kide i was um I met uh Ballester chairman Tava and and he had actually had a list of all the coaches with pro diploma uh licenses which is the top certificate and a lot of them are no longer in the game you know they haven't ha- coached uh, any team at any level for for years some of them are already in their 50s and and are basically you know dropped out of football already or have never had a job and have no aspirations for for the top job so you know that's why for him it was an easy decision you know to 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 take Kide you know and uh, and Kide is you know is a He's a smart guy, you know. He's he's a Victoria School alumni. I think his brother was your your right. schoolmate. Yeah, Kairu. shout yeah. out to Kairu. Yeah, so the the two of them have taken the irregular path into coaching. You know, they right. they 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 don't play football and then turn to coaching. They they decide to pursue coaching in their twenties. Um, and like I said, it's nice to see uh, one of them actually strike out on his own and and hopefully he can be a success. All right, talking about coaches and jobs. The Straits Times ran a feature of local sports academies run by former national athletes who talked about the viability and challenges of such ventures. I think it's an important part of the local sports ecosystem that athletes can see this as a job opportunity after their athlete days are over. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really really good. I mean, you know, one thing is having the expertise uh you know to 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 pass it on. The other is just having that stature lah you know i mean if i were a junior thrower if i was 16 years old and james wong uh, is there you know 
10 times SEA Games gold medalist and you know at one point uh, you know Asian level thrower who you know he's 1.9 something meters tall so he physically right. also has insane stature so if he comes up to me and says hey you want to train with me I can make you a better thrower you know I'll be over the moon you know and and I'll get the, a mental boost and a technical boost you know because he he will know what he's he's uh, talking about when he's he's coaching me so it's great to see people like uh, Wan Lechi who's you know a former thrower um you know we 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 featured um I think I'm Peng Siong, David Lim, uh, former swimmer. Remy Ong, Remy Ong, Wong Wei Long. Yeah, basketball player. Yeah, Wong Wei Long. Um, you know, and a couple of golf academies. Right. So, it's Poor good. Brothers. It's good. It's good that, you know, our former athletes mm. also see striking out uh, and setting up an academy um, as a viable business uh, option also lah. You know, for them and and mm. hopefully it helps the the ecosystem as a whole. Yes, I think uh, there's been a mentality shift as well, uh, even among the parents. Weilong was just telling me the other day uh, when we did this feature that he noticed a mentality shift that parents now are more willing to pay for their kids, you know, not just, you know, for tuition, but now even for them to develop in sports. Swimming classes were boosted by Joseph Schooling. Yeah, that's right. You know, Rio win. Uh, and, and also I think swimming is also helped in the sense that swimming itself is a life skill. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a survival skill. Right, right. right. My, yeah. my mom would pay for me to go for swimming classes, but if I told her you have to pay for me to kick a football, she she would probably kick me out. You in know? some cases, football yeah, yeah, could but, be but a survival <laughs> skill as well. <laughs> right, so so th- that's the mentality shift that I'm, I'm talking about, you know, that, that parents now are more willing, maybe because they have fewer children now, you know, they have only one one kid, yeah. uh, they, they want to really let the kid develop in, yeah. in whichever way uh, they, they think it's, it's best for them. Yeah, and, and also I think parents, I mean, these days um, are finally sort of realising what, you know, coaches have been saying for, honestly, for decades, lah, that sport is not just a physical, uh, a tool for physical development or, or uh, to pick up a skill. It's also, you know, it gives you discipline and stuff like that. Yeah, I character mean, I'll, building. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly, character building. I'll be the first to admit, you know, I'm not the neatest guy. Tell you me know, about almost it. Almost this. How <laughs> Almost <laughs> discipline, both of us lah, yeah, right? But right. and yet, when when we were playing football at, at, in school level, you know, we took care of our boots, our jerseys, and our, our kit and stuff like that. Yep. So it's it's a sense of ownership and 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 it 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 provides some structure and discipline in our lives, lah. You know, especially for I don't know, lah. Especially for boys who who may be messy and uh, you know and uh, all over the shop, lah. You know, but uh, yeah, it's it's good to see parents uh, finally realizing this as well. And hopefully, this will help improve the quality of. Singapore sports in general and on that note there's the final whistle bringing to a close a game of two halves thanks Saz you're welcome Dave if you enjoyed the episode as much as we did do subscribe to a game of two halves on Apple's podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify do like it or give us a rating that's all we have for you this week goodbye that was an SPH podcast find us on iTunes Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.